let's look ahead to Wednesday. There are 12 games on. Might be limited streaming, but let's see. Does something open up? Let's take a look what we're watching for. Injury updates and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the girl that can guard everybody. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Double bang it. Video and audio. Watch both. Listen to both. You know how it cracks. Get a thumbs up. Get a subscribe. Ring my bell as... Who was it? Who was it? It sounded like it was in the 80s. Yaz? Yaz. Anyway, ring my bell. Maybe it wasn't Yaz. Someone can let me know. Someone said ring my bell and I'm not going to sing the song. Maybe later. We're going to talk about all the action on Wednesday in the NBA. There are the 12 games on, as I mentioned. So let's get straight in and talk waiver wire stuff. You might have a streaming slot. I don't know. You might not. General default will be that you don't have an active streaming spot, but just pay attention to have a look and see how that looks for your team. DeAndre Hunter is out. I'm expecting Lonnie Walker to be out again for the Nets, but I'm not sure about that one. Dylan Brooks, Muxy Clear will be out. The word from the Blazers was DeAndre Ayton is not on the trip, and he is, did he say vigorously or rigorously? I'm not sure what Bill said. One of those two words. I think it was rigorous. Rigorously rehabbing back in Portland. They're on a 12-day road trip. 11 days left now. He will most likely not be with the team, I'm guessing. Maybe he joins across the weekend for the New York back-to-back that they have. So I don't think we're seeing Aiden, so I'm going to rule him out. I'm going to rule out the skater boy, Zach Levine, as well. He should be back, or maybe back at the end of this week. The big fella, uh, Nikola Vucevic, is also out. Monte Morris and Isaiah Stewart out for Detroit. Haywood Highsmith in the concussion protocol in Miami. Johnny Isaac with a hamstring issue. They changed it from soreness to a strain, so we know his history. He's going to be out. I'm going to list Kevin Durant as doubtful. That is not official at this point, but Frank Vogel said something, and I talked about this on the recap show yesterday, saying, yeah, like he actually tweaked at the end of the game on Sunday, and we'll see how the strain responds in the next 48 hours. Yeah, nah. Hamstring strains aren't recovering in 48 hours. This team would be absolutely idiotic to play him through that. That is an assumption from me, based on the wording from Frank Vogel. Okay, I think it slid a little bit under the radar. People just thought back-to-back soreness, and that might be the case. But I'm currently going to have Durant as doubtful and all of my projection stuff at the moment is with Durant Doubtful until we get an official injury report. And while I'm saying this, I better go and check to see whether we actually got any um, actual injury reports come through. Um, we did not. So that's AEW. Although we've got a couple of other guys who just popped up on the injury report. So that's not good. All right. Let's talk what we actually do know, though. The Italian cock, Daniela Gallinari, is questionable with that back issue, the um, the Shark, Bruce Brown, I had listed him questionable. He has now come through as officially questionable. We also got a pop-up of Chris Middleton on the injury report with knee injury management. They have a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday, so I guess Middleton's sitting one of the back-to-backs, whether that's Wednesday or Thursday. We actually hope it is on Wednesday because Wednesday is a 12-game day and we can get the games in for the two on Thursday. 
Um, there is a chance Levine does play on Friday. Just got that update through from Bill Donovan as well. Um, Andrew Nampard is officially questionable. Nyekaro Kong, we missed the last game with an illness. He is off the injury report, so he's not questionable. He's off. Trey Murphy um, is questionable. The Pelicans have a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. So I'm going to guess that coming off the knee injury and sitting a game with soreness, that Murphy is going to sit one of these games. At this point, I don't know whether he plays on Tuesday. If he plays on Tuesday, he almost definitely won't play on Wednesday. If he misses Tuesday, I would guess he's a pretty strong chance to play on Wednesday. So that's why I've got him listed as questionable. Dante Exum left the last game on on Monday Sorry, in the first half with a heel contusion. I had him questionable. That official status has come through now. He is now doubtful. If you need some spots, Exxon was probably only going to be a fringe guy with Irving back. If you wanted to move on, you can uh, You can probably jack. Get that garbage out of here! So he is now doubtful, which is unfortunate because he was having a nice little run. In Portland, we don't have the updates yet. Tamani Kamara sat the last game with knee saunas. Dwop Reith um, with back issues. We already know that Aiton is out, so the Reith one is important because he would be able to get some pretty good run. Otherwise, they're running... Uh, the insane minutes of Moses Brown. We've got Ibubaji and Jabari Walker in that spot. Reith playing would change things quite a bit. Anthony Simons has missed a couple of games with an illness. Now, if he plays, and we're going to have Brogdon, we're going to have Scooter, and maybe we get more than 18 minutes from Shaden Sharp, we get a really strong data point into what the hell's going on and what we can do in evaluating Scoot, Brogdon, and Sharp, because we know what Simons is, but I don't know that one yet. The Lakers have Russell and Reddish, who missed the last game. Of course, LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be on the injury report as questionable, whether it's ankle or knee or calf or uh, groin spasm, whatever it is. They're going to be questionable, and they're going to play. Russell and Reddish are more important ones because they actually have a chance of missing. Jim Butler with his foot problem, I was inclined to just say doubtful, but but I, I don't know. They haven't given that update yet. And the same goes with Caleb Martin and Joshie Richardson, who both have missed the last couple of games. Martin been out since Christmas, so is Richardson actually, um, with an ankle and a back issue respectively, which opens up stuff for Jamal Kane, Kevin Love, um, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Huckers. All of those players get that uh, added boost there. We maybe get a return of Mark. Who, who knows? Like, is Mark Alfords going to play? At this point, he's currently still questionable for the game on Tuesday. If he plays Tuesday, there is zero chance he plays on Wednesday, coming off knee tendonitis on a back-to-back. No chance, unless you're the Blazers and you play Malcolm Brogdon, 33-year-old, with a hamstring issue on a back-to-back 39 minutes a night. Maybe. That'd be the only way you, you consider doing that. Uh, or Cody Martin off a four-year absence with a knee injury. You play him back-to-back for his second and third game. I would just be pretty surprised if Marco Fultz played in both games. So I'm going to list him questionable. Jinglin Joe is out for Tuesday's game. So I'm going to say that he is questionable for Wednesday's action. And that is a rapid fire run through of the injuries at this point. Let me just check that nothing else has come through. Um, AJ Green is out. There you go. Malachi Flynn is out. Didn't expect them to be part of the rotation anyway. Andrew Nempart is officially questionable for the Pacers as well. In terms of the Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back, there is only one team, and it is the Bucks. hence the Chris Middleton injury tag. The Bucks also play on Saturday, so they've got a three-game in four-night stretch, the only team that does that in this little patch here, and Thursday and Saturday are both low-volume days. So your Leaky Beasleys, Paddy Connertons, maybe Cameron Payne, but probably not, Bobby Portis, yeah, extreme increase in value for them over this next three-day period, so just be aware of that. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because now they've got an offer. It's better than the last one. It's $150 in bonus bets, which is the same. You could get $150 in bonus bets before, but now all you've got to do is place a $5 bet. It doesn't have to be a money line bet, and the team does not have to win. 
you get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Just a $5 bet and $150 in bonus bets. And now, you know what you can do with those $5 bets? Well, you can use it on all sorts of bet types that they have. Straight up money lines, spreads, props, totals, futures. And they've got something called a parlay. Hmm. The live same game parlays. They've got the parlay hub, which is where you can make a parlay. And you can find other popular parlays in the parlay hub. So check all of that out, all of the parlays, all of the bet types, all of the action over at Fangio. Go to fangio.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. So we should go through now and look at what the streams of the day are because we've done all the injury stuff. It's going to take a little bit of time to get to, of course, because we've got a lot of games on. The stream of the day, the 10-teamer I am looking at, Derek Lively in Dallas. He's still under 65% rostered, and in category leagues, he's 100% a must-roster player. In 10-team points, I probably wouldn't worry about it, but you can obviously just see the value of guys in your points league by what points they're averaging. You know, look at different time splits and all that sort of stuff. But in 10-team categories, he just shouldn't be on the wire. But he is, so go and stream him in. For 12-teamers, I am looking at the rabbit hunter, Alex Crusoe. Now, the Bulls do play a back-to-back, so Crusoe could leave in three minutes with a toe issue. That's possible, which roots out, of course. But I do like his value. 14-team, I am going with Chemezi Metu. That is me working under an assumption, maybe a false one, that Kevin Durant is out. Now, if Kevin Durant is in, Chemezi Metu will be scrapped from the stream of the day. He will not be in the 14-team stream of the day. Maybe he's a 16-teamer but he will not be a 14-teamer. And the 16-teamer is Isaac Okoro, who would slot up to be the 14-team streamer of the day in the situation that Durant does play. In terms of the Yahoo points and the ESPN points streaming, we are looking at Dracaris Levert, who isn't getting huge, huge minutes, but the last couple of games have been really strong in terms of volume and usage, and he's clearly getting those minutes over someone like Craig Porter and Slam and Sammy Merrill. Let's look at the, um, at the games now. The first one we look at is the Wizards and the Cavs. Jordan Poole has regressed again. I thought we turned a corner, but we haven't. He's gone back to seeding shots. He's gone back to playing fewer minutes than Denny Avdia. Um, interesting, Wes Unseld was asked a question by Brandon Scott, host of Locked on Wizards. And uh, Brandon asked a question about, are you just, yeah, what's, what's, what's going on with your lineups? What are you doing? And he's basically said, like, are you showcasing veterans for trades? Which, you know, is a question where I shudder and go, oh, Brandon, come on, we don't do that. But what I did think was it not we don't do that the league doesn't do that as a general rule right but what was important is that Wes Unseld replied and said yeah like we don't we don't do that like I'm not here showcasing players for trade it's not something that happens which was great that quote will obviously I'm paraphrasing a little bit there but hey you know what I'm gonna go pause it and find the exact quote all right so I got the quote here um Brandon said is the priority to showcase veterans or to develop young talent when it comes to the rotation as we get closer to the deadline and Unseld said he doesn't get into showcasing. And if moves are made, he'll just adjust and put in what he thinks is the best lineup to win. And again, I will continue to state this. Showcasing is just not a real thing. NBA teams, A, you're operating under the assumption, under the assumption that they're just completely dumb and they have no ability to think or research or do anything. And that is just not true. If they see it, Doc Rivers isn't in charge anymore. If they see a player go bananas in one game because he got force-fed shots and minutes, they're going to go, wow, look at him, actual legend here. We must go and trade for this player. They know. They have all of the data on these guys. They've seen them play for years and years and years. They've got all the stats, all the backup. And if it's obvious, if you think it's obvious that a player is being showcased, don't you think a team thinks that as well? Don't you think the other team would go, are they just doing this so that we, they can squeeze more out in a trade? Don't you think they would think that as well? I just think that it's one of those things that seems like a possibility if every other team was living in a box with a blindfold on and had no access to watch anything at all. 
So I'm glad that Unsold came out and said that. I'm glad that Brandon asked that question as well. And I'm sure you're going to come up with examples that prove me wrong, but whatever. Karis Levert, the guy we want to watch on Cleveland. What do his minutes look like? What does his usage look like? How shit is his percentages? In terms of streams, it is Dolan Wright. I think that we need to look at there. It's more for categories and steals, but there's not a lot else. It is Denny Avdia if he is available, but he's likely rostered in most spots. And then Levert for the Cavs is a pretty good stream guy. The next game we look at is the Bucks and the Pacers. First game on the back-to-back for the Bucks. A lot of people complaining about the production of Damian Lillard. He's been a little bit down, absolutely no doubt. He shot like at what, 18% yesterday from the field. He's still a 15th ranked player this season, and that's really fine. But let's hope he breaks the slump. For the Pacers, Aaron Neesmith, he was featured on the Buy Low, Sell High show earlier today. We talked about his uh, steal rate, his block rate, his shooting numbers being so high up. Will he continue to start? I don't know what's going to happen with Brown and Nempart and Heald and Matherin and all these guys and Toppin and Smith. There's so many different guys to pay attention to. And Neesmith's been good, but it's floated by a lot of variable low-volume stuff. In terms of streams, Leaky Beasley... And yeah, we want to have Leaky Beasley for this three-game in Fortnite, two-quality game stretch of the Bucks, and then there's Aaron Neesmith there, who you probably want to roster. As for Sticks, I'm just out. I just I can't, I can't with that guy. I'm out on on Sticks, but I'm sure he's going to have a 20 and 10 game with three blocks and four threes in four minutes or something along those lines. The next one we look at is the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Atlanta Hawks. This is a back-to-back for the Thunder. They take on the Celtics today, and what is close to game of the year potential? We'll see. Um, for the Hawks, I want to see DeJounte Murray. A lot of trade rumors swirling about DeJounte. Uh, I think it's very fair for us to recognize that he is not a good defender anymore. And all of his numbers from San Antonio were, I won't say artificially, because they actually happened, but they were inflated to a gigantic degree. Where, what he's able to do, and now I don't know if everyone has recalibrated what his fantasy value is, but I wouldn't be looking at him going, well, if he gets traded, then he's going to put back up San Antonio numbers because A, I don't think he's that player, or B, he's probably not going to a team as bad as that that lets him do those things that enable him to get those numbers. But watching where he sort of fits and you know, the, the what he has done this year is really improved his three-point shot and can seeing how that continues to, to evolve. In terms of streams, it is always Midwest Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort. He is always going to be the streamer who gets you four points or four 40. And on the Hawks, well, their streaming options are terrible. So just, hey, you're on ESPN. He's probably available. Dominic Barlow isn't, even though he's a rotation player for two years in the NBA. Not quite a rotation player, but you know what I mean. Maybe you can stream in Kyle Korver because there is nobody to stream on that Hawks team. Nobody. Let's go to the next game. It is the Brooklyn Nets and the Houston Rockets. This is a back-to-back for Brooklyn. Um, for the Rockets, Jalen Green has been playing better. It's still heavily reliant upon efficient scoring because there's not a lot else coming. And I'm not ready to fully buy that Jalen Green is an efficient scorer. What we want to watch is his minutes, his ability to do other stuff that's not scoring, how Yudoka treats him in terms of playing time also. Because we saw a lot of minutes from a man Thompson last game. Yes, it was because it was a million-point blowout, but we'll see how that all yeah, works through. In terms of streams, Dorian Finney-Smith, probably the guy. But someone hit me up today, and they're in a 14-team league, and they said, hey, Cam Thomas was dropped in my 14-team. Do I add him? So Thomas is getting dropped, and while you're pretty aware that I'm not the biggest Cam Thomas fan, if he's dropped in a 14-team or I'm adding, in a 12-team, I would very seriously consider... An ad, I wouldn't probably do it. And I do think he will become a pretty clear drop at some point, but I'm not quite there yet. Finney Smith, probably the streaming guy there. Uh, and the wild thing's probably going to start Jay Sean Tate again with Dylan Brooks out. He scored 16 last game. Didn't do a whole lot else, and you don't expect 16 points every game, but there is at least a little bit of value in him. The Pelicans and the Wolves, this is a back to back for the Pelicans. We've got to worry about does Zion play? Does Trey Murphy play in the back to back? The other one is does Larry Nance play? I actually think Nance might. I know he's had some injuries, obviously, this season, but it's his rib. It's not knee. It's not ankle. It's not hamstring. 
upper body injuries, you're usually all right to play through it. Now, unless he's got residual knee problems, which he probably does, I, I think he could be okay. I'd be more worried about Zion and Murphy sitting out. For the for the uh, Wolves, we do want to watch the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed, who had that big game two games ago, but then it's sort of just been sitting at 19 minutes a night, and that is absolutely not enough for him to be a 12-team must roster. In terms of streams, Nance could be the guy, but there could be just a bunch of shit open up if Zion and Trey are out, and we get like uh, Jordan Hawkins in there or a Dyson Daniels. There's a lot of different ways they can go. Jose Alvarado with big defensive stats last game too. For the Wolves, it probably is Kyle Anderson as the stream, but that's not particularly exciting. Toronto and Memphis. For the Raptors, we want to see Emmanuel quickly, and hopefully he doesn't pick up four fouls in the first 13 minutes of game action because that limited how much he played, and we didn't get to see the full rotation. Does he Is he a 28-minute guy? Is he a 35-minute guy? Is Dennis Schroeder a 30-minute guy or a 24-minute guy? Is Gary Trent a 26-minute guy or a 21-minute guy? We'll hopefully get some answers in this one and see how that all shakes out. In terms of uh, Memphis on a back-to-back here, of course. In terms of streams, Gary Trent is the guy that's widely available in Toronto who you can stream in. And then for the Grizzlies, it's probably Santi Aldama. I would think if Luke Kennard does play, he would be, but it is a back-to-back. He's coming off a knee bone bruise. Be pretty surprised if the Duck is actually out there and playing on, on Wednesday. The Portland Trailblazers and the Dallas Mavericks. That is the next game we look at. It's all about watching Sterling Henderson to me, who's starting to play much better. He is a guy we need to grab, but we still need to see what happens with full minutes of Sharp, a return of Simons. How does Scoot get used? Do they go Scoot, Simon, Sharp, push Kamara to the bench? How is it all going to work out? It is still a very big unanswered question. And then for the Mavericks, I do want to see what happens with Tim Hardaway now that Dante Exum is unlikely to play. Hardaway is very hit or miss. He's a Norm Powell, um, Leaky Beasley, sort of a player who can get you hot with points and threes and get cold at any point. This is another opportunity with Exum out, but we'll see if he's able to take that. In terms of streams with Aiton likely out, I do go to Jabari Walker, although Dwap Reith could be an option there for us, or deeper leagues, I go to Baji, and I absolutely never go to Moses Brown. Um, for the Dallas Mavericks, Derek Jones struggled last game, and I'm not really sure we need to hold on to him. But with Exum out, that probably helps Jones somewhat, although Josh Greenback complicates it a little bit. We can stream Jones, but I'm not certain that we need to be out here considering him as a must-roster player. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Why would you want that to be a hassled process? Because it's fun. We love events, sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever it is, we want to go there and have a good time. And with game time, they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. You know, some sites you go on there, you click the ticket, you go to buy it, you go, wow, it's a great deal. $49.99, that's fantastic. And then you go to the next page and it's like, yeah, but what about our state tax? What about our federal tax? What about our processing fee? But don't forget the transaction fee, that's 1.69%. What about our we're just here to screw with you fee? Because they'll chuck that on as well. Game time, it's called all-in pricing for a reason because the price that you see is the price that you pay. Really simple. You don't get hidden fees. Whatever is up there, 50 bucks, you pay 50 bucks. Easy. What a, what a novel concept. Game Time's cracked the code, though, to take that guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That is it. That's the new code. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's keep going with the the games that we need to look at in terms of what's on my radar. It is the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knickerbockers back-to-back for the Bulls. For the Knicks, what do we want to watch? It is the Big Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. 
What do the minutes look like? Because he played like 28 last game. Um, there's no guarantee that he's going to be a 30-plus minute a night player. For now, we roster him. But if he goes back to 24 minutes, then it's really tough to do that. In terms of streams, Alex Caruso and Pat Williams, still very obvious ones. Andre Drummond, obviously, until Vooch returns. And then Josh Hart and DiVincenzo are the guys that we can take a look at for the Knicks. Hart, again, is probably a guy we roster, but 28-minute Josh Hart's not there. 31 is. So we'll see how it, it has been cleaned up with the absence of Barrett and Quickly, but still not 100% clean. Still not 100% clean. They still also have no power forwards on that team. The Clippers and the Suns, Norman Powell is just, we always want to watch how his minutes go. 31 minutes of Norman Powell's great. 25 isn't. Last game, he was red hot. They used him over Terrence Mann, over Amir Coffey, over Russell Westbrook. That is not always the case. It's most of the time, but not always. On the Suns side of things, Devin Booker was featured on the buy low, sell high. He's really struggling. His usage is down, even though that's not necessarily because Beal and Booker, uh, Beal and Durant are there. His free throw percentage is weirdly low. It's all that stuff I expect to push back up. His field goal percentage is very low. Let's see how we adjust to it. And I don't even know if Durant's going to play in this one. Powell's probably the streamer for the Clippers. And it is Chimezie Metu if, as I assume, and I hope I assume correctly, that Kevin Durant is out. Or maybe you want to go down the ball ball path. Hmm. Probably not. But maybe. He actually put up smoke numbers last game. Detroit and Utah. I want to see Jaden Ivey, who is settling into a 30-plus minute night role. That just makes all of the nonsense of him being the 11th or 12th man uh, earlier in the season even more ridiculous. I won't say he's blowing us away. He's been solid enough, and I do think that he is a 12-team league player. But let's see how he continues to be utilized here by coaching legend Monty Williams. But the Jazz. I forgot to mention this on the recap yesterday. I should have. They had not had a player have a triple-double for 16 years. And the man on the street, J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N, he had it. Jordan Clarkson, first triple-double in 16 years, off the bench. I cannot figure out this rotation for the life of me. Is it Sexton or is it Clarkson? Who's 30? Who's 24? I, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. If you wanted to switch Sexton for Clarkson, cool. They might flip the minutes back this game. The one thing I feel confident about is Larry Markin, although he's been under 30 minutes, is Larry Markin is going to start and Keontae George is going to play 30 minutes whether he's off the bench or not. But other than that, I don't know. Olenek, Collins, Fontecchio, Kessler, it's all over the shop. In terms of streaming, Alec Burks is probably the guy. He had 20 for the, the Pistons last game. Available almost in every single league, so he's got some value. And then Kelly Olenek, who might play 27 minutes, might play 19, but in 19 minutes, he might have 6-1-1, one, and one. Or he might have six, nine, and seven with three steals and two blocks. So again, how can I possibly know? You can stream Kelly Olenek in and have a crack at it, but be prepared for disappointment. It's it's frustrating. Miami and the Lakers. I just don't know what's going to happen here with Miami. Kyle Lowry is a guy that I want to watch. I don't think that we need to hold on to him, but with absences likely to be present, Richardson, Martin, Butler. Sure, I guess. Maybe, who knows? For the Lakers, Austin Reeves. Last game, he like played 36 minutes in the start of the second half. Um, I'm expecting Rui Hachimura is going to be out with this calf thing, but I don't know. Their injury reports can be pretty confusing at times. What does it take for Reeves, their third best player, to play the minutes of the third best player? I don't know. Is this it? What happens with Russell and Reddish? I continue to be amazed and confused by their lineups. In terms of streaming, Kyle Lowry is probably the Heat's guy. Well, for the Lakers, it's almost definitely Torian Prince who's going to play a lot of minutes because literally nobody in that starting lineup can shoot, and he is the only one, and he is getting a lot of opportunities to shoot and to put up some okay numbers. The Orlando Magic and the Sacramento Kings. Both teams on a back-to-back coming in here. 
Does Wendell Carter play the back-to-back, dealing with that knee issue? I'm not sure. If he doesn't, then we're obviously flying Goga Badadze out there. Um, but Goga started over Wendell last game. Wendell played well off the bench, but Mo Wagner played zero centimeters, played some backup power forward minutes. Their rotation is a little confusing at the moment. For the Kings, they made a change. They benched Kevin Herter. They started Chris Duarte. Um, Herter, very obviously a drop. The other thing we need to watch is Harrison Barnes minutes, who's been under 20 the last two. In terms of streaming, it is Goga for Orlando and, and probably is Duarte for Sacramento, even though I'm not that excited about him. And I wouldn't consider him a 12-team league guy to go out and roster. In terms of chunking it up for the next five days, that's the rest of this week, the rest of week 11, Wednesday through Sunday. I'm going to look at these six players to give us a little bit of a boost. Trace Jackson Davis, Warriors starting center. If you've got a chance to add him, you go and do it. Thursday, Sunday, they play as well. Uh, Trey Jones got the Thursday, Sunday combination. Again, I don't know this at all, but I do think that a start is coming in the next two weeks for Trey Jones. Leaky Beasley's got the Thursday, Saturday. That is better than the Thursday, Sundays, because then you can drop him after Saturday and get a Sunday player in. Although I would prefer to hold Jackson Davis over streaming for that extra one game this week. Then you've got Sohan and Branham, who've got the Thursday-Sunday combo. They're obviously not as strong as those top three players. And Peyton Watson, even though he's been put back to the bench with Aaron Gordon there, he can get you a steal and a block every game. You can play 20 minutes, and the Nuggets have a Thursday-Sunday quality game combo as well. For 10-team streams for Wednesday, we are looking at Derek Lively, the stubby Isaiah Hartenstein, the rabbit hunter Alex Caruso, Dracaris Levert, Josh the Hitman Hart, and Grayson Allen. For 12-teamers, we're going with the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. There is Chemezi Metu, Aaron Neesmith, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince, Isaac Okoro, and Eric Gordon. For 14, or 14 and deeper, so deep leagues, we're going Gogo Badadze, Alec Burks, Ayo Desumu, Derek Jones, Simone Fontecchio, and Jabari Walker. Fontecchio might even push into 12-team streams. He's had lots of starts, though, and has been not even near the top 200, although last game was really good. I don't fully expect that to continue, but you could push him in there. Same with Jabari if we do get Reith out and Aiton out again. For points league streaming for Wednesday's action, we start at the top with Karis Levert. We've got the speaker in there, Keontae George, Josh Hart, Alex Caruso, Dante DiVincenzo, and Pat Williams. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to jump in here and be a double banger. Listen on the audio side and then come watch watch the YouTube side. Let it all play out. Let the playlist play through. Let it all go. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Leave your comments. Hit the thumbs up, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.